Hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Pew Time with Tony and Jackie. And our special guest today, Noel Zarza, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Noel. It's because it's after Thanksgiving. And so yes, I the name changes automatically to Noel. But <laughs> for the holidays. Officially, <laughs> officially it's Noel. Um, because my parents didn't want a junior. My dad's name is Joel. So hence Noel, Joel, Noel. Oh, definitely very a Filipino. Creative. Thing. Definitely broken so, up. Yeah. Uh, that was just to win a bet with uh, a mutual friend of ours, Mike. Oh, yeah, Mike. Mike, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, just do it. Yes, his <laughs> name is Noel. He goes by Noel. It'll be easy for me because my father's name is Noel. Is it really? Yeah. And his brother and his nephew yeah. and his grandfather. <laughs> There's four of them. Are you kidding me? That's the first ever. Wow, that's wild. That's wild. That's why when you're like, so when you told me when I first met you at, where were we? We were in Indiana. Uh, we were in Indiana. And you were wearing a cast. Yep, I was left-handed. Yep, yep. Cut my thumb pretty bad. And you told me Noel, and I'm like, huh? Because I'd never heard anyone else go by Noel. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, ever, everyone else who I've ever met, their name spelled like that, pronounces it Noel. We've known you for, well, it's, it's, we've actually known each other for a long time now. It's been... Uh, I think it's going like 10 years almost, yeah. 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 2014 yeah, at, at the very earliest. Well, yeah, yeah. To next year, be ten. Yeah. So we decided to have you on because me and you like to talk guns all the time, and we figured let's just make an episode about it. Yes, do it. Start off. Let's. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Your ventures in shooting sports. Yeah, and shooting in general. Okay. Well, let me first off say that I'm married, got four kids, so we'll we'll settle with that, right? Um. <laughs> and. Uh, the shooting sport thing came probably around 2010. So in 2010, I had no idea there was USPSA. Uh, no, no clue whatsoever, right? Um, but I was in the Army at the time, and I happened to be in Iraq. And uh, I, I was on what's called a MIT team. So we were out there in Iraq uh, uh, training the Iraqis. And I would take our PSD out to the Iraqi range, and we'll do drills mainly with rifles at the time, right? And so the division team, so I was part of the brigade team, and the division team trickles in, and we're kind of offset. We do six months, the new, new division team comes in uh, at our six-month mark. We still got another six months left. And uh, the, one of the captains that shows up on the division team, he actually has his USPSA magazines. And he says, hey, you guys, I, I hear you. I see you guys go out and shoot a lot, right? You need to check this out. And I'm like, okay. So he hands me the magazines. I've like no clue what USPSA. Who are these? I, I did know. I think I might have known uh, some of the guys because, well, YouTube wasn't even really a thing then because we're talking 2010, nine, 2009, 2010. And, and so he shows me the, the, these, these magazines. He had like four of them. I read them from front to back, covered from, yeah. And um, back then, I want to say the dudes on the cover was probably like Travis. Tomasi, um, definitely uh, Dave Savigny, Savigny right? Uh, even uh, probably been, what's the other guy's name? I can't remember. The guy with the shoots Glock, super high grip. Vogel. Vogel. Thanks, Rob Vogel. Yeah. Yeah. So those were the heavy hitters way, 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 way back then. And um, and it just blew me away. These magazines completely blew, blew me away. So I looked in and actually, I think I, 
I, I did get my membership without even trying the match. Not because I was in freaking Iraq. What was what was I going to do, right? <laughs> and so I go, you know, you, I'm sure there was YouTube or something like YouTube back then. So it was in infantile stage, and there would be videos there because I'm pretty sure I saw Travis Tomasi's um, reload drill on there, and he did it like super yeah. crazy fast. He reloaded. Everyone, he dropped the magazine, okay. right, and he reloads it, and he grabs it, he catches the magazine before it hits the ground, kind of thing, right? I think that was his. Anyways, insane, right? Um, and I was hooked from the magazine. Never, I mean, just from the magazines alone. I said, "Hey, I'm I'll, going to throw a membership." In. While I was deployed, right, <laughs> I bought all this crap because I'm not talking to you. <laughs> and so it all shipped to my parents' place. So when I got home. I had half the garage was filled with with my stuff, and it really, and it was uh, it was like Dylan press stuff. Uh, man, it was insane. Like I went, I went over overboard really i wasn't <laughs> what i was buying honestly it's like oh you know i'm never going to use this uncle mike's house after all right <laughs> and and that. yeah right so um so that was 2010 i actually didn't pursue my first match until 2014 so four years later after, after i retired so i retired in 2013 from the army and uh we already relocated to illinois where i met you fine folks and it was a outdoor match uh, at Chillicothe, if I remember. Yeah, it was Chillicothe, and it was a good friend of mine, uh, Mark Cashdorf, that that uh, was working at the uh, at the gun store, the local gun store there in, in Bloomington, Formal. And he, you know, he talked me up. He said, "Hey, you need to come out with me." He actually drove me over to the match to my first match. And so, long story short, that match I was supposed to DQ. I should have DQ. Further, how the rule books written. I should, and, and, and the guys I was with kept their mouth shut. They didn't say anything, right? They turned a blind eye to, I guess, maybe that might've been the wrong thing to do, but it kept me in the sport because I more than likely would have quit if I got DQ'd. And what did I do, right? You guys take, take a while to guess what I did that should have DQ'd me. 180? No, I had nothing to do with actually shooting. I was not even, we weren't even on the match. Even It was before yeah, the match you put, started. You probably put your gun on in the car. <laughs> close close yeah. so i needed to adjust it right and i took the gun off my my waist and i put it down so you're okay you could leave it you know you could adjust it but you just can't walk away from it and i kind of i didn't walk away from it but i put it on the ground not huh. no so there's no safe table the gun was still in the holster but i think back then maybe that's legal now i don't think it is but back then that was definitely not legal mm. and <laughs> I remember Mark looked at me and looked away. <laughs> and like I'm thinking, oh shoot, maybe I was supposed to do that. But this was my very first match. It would be horrible if he cued me for not even shooting, right? And and so that's how I went. I, I shot my first match, and uh, I said, no, this is this is definitely the right decision. Four years ago, let's keep at it. And so I did. It was fun. Nice. I hope I asked you. And did I answer your question? I think I kind of did. Yeah. Roundabout way. How you got started in shooting and. Your first match you ever shot, what was the gun that you shot with? That is a darn good question. <gasps> I would have put it money been... would have been a nineteen eleven. <laughs> no, it was it was more than likely a Glock. So I was so you're like the biggest MMP fanboy. I was the biggest Glock fanboy. Huge. Like like yeah. yeah. So um, in 2012, I was deployed to Afghanistan, and uh, I was as with a unit called Siege of Soda, 
And one of the sergeants that was in the office with me was a MARSOT guy, so a Marine special, special Operations dude. And they were issued all 1911s. <clears throat> and so he, uh, paraphrasing what he would say, he didn't say exactly like this, but that's how he interpreted it. He says, hey, sir, you're not a, you're not a man until you know how to tear apart a 1911. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because... Like I, I, you know, they, they, we had Bredas, um, and we shot in this unit. You, you, our, our thing was go to church on Sundays and go to the range on Sundays. That, cause that was our only free day was a Sunday. We worked Monday through Saturday and, and even on Sunday, it was still work. It just, we had a, about a four to six hour gap where we could do church and go, go to the range. Anyway. Um, yeah, he would, he would just, he would pop quiz me. So here's my 1911 turret part, put it back together. Right. And so he, he taught me that, but um, I never grown close to it like the 1911, but that quick exposure with it at that point in time made me appreciate it because um, it would, one it was history, you know, two world wars and all that, and then two, this dude you don't like blow off a Mar Marine Marsat guy, okay? You, you take them, uh, you take what they say and you you call it you know gospel, right? This this dude's been through stuff and he, he knows what he's talking about, so. I appreciated him. I appreciated uh, not blowing him off and actually uh, doing exactly what he wanted me to do with that with that particular firearm. It was it was a good 1911. It was, it was well made. I, I had fun shooting it, but I was still even after that point in time, I was still a Glock fanboy. It, it took <laughs> a little bit to, to get off those training wheels. So after your first match, did you start signing up for matches like crazy after that, or did you kind of? like do a little bit more digging and research and change gear or anything like that? What was the progression after your first match? Okay. That's a great question. Um, so dig back into the archives. Uh, so back in the arc. So even going further back, I, I grew up in California, right? So guns wasn't a big thing in our, in, in, in at the house. Uh, my dad never owned one. And, uh, but at some point in time they realized, Hey, our, our kid here, has an affinity for guns because I would sneak my uncle's BB gun, or actually, is an air? Or, no, it was a BB gun, I think. Um, you know, from his from his bedroom and go shoot it in my grandparents' backyard whenever we visited. <laughs> so I'm sure to this day, there's probably a fence back there that's demolished BB with BBs all over it. Um, so at some point, my dad uh, decided, hey, you know what? Uh, he could probably get pretty good with us. And so he got me a biathlon style air uh, rifle, air rifle, air pistol, That's air cool. rifle, pellet rifle, air pellet rifle, right? And so it's one of those where you break the barrel, right? Add the pellets as a one shot deal and close it and had these biathlon optics on it that were just horrible, but they worked. They were great. And, you know, the whole point was all right, don't move the gun while you're pr pressing the trigger and hit the, the smallest thing you possibly hit. Yeah. I got pretty good. I got pretty good about it. I don't think the neighbors were happy though, because I was hitting that fence and, yeah, so I, you know, I made all types of different back backstops to prevent them from knowing I was shooting, but yeah, it was just still kind of loud. Um, but yeah, but never, never a real gun. Actually, my first gun I actually fired that was real was a uh, uh, was when I was finally a basic shooting a M16, old school M16. I did pretty good actually. Um, uh, the, the the qualification course back then was just forty shots. Uh, and I was, I shot 40 out of 40 <laughs> at the quad course for that. So yeah, it was, it was, it's not terribly hard. You have like three or four shots at 300 yards and everything is inside of 300 yards. 
you just have to hit it before the target goes down, so it's not completely terrible. Um, but that was before, uh, you know, that was before ACOGs. So I guess there's something to say about iron sights being truly old school. Um, and that didn't answer your question yet. So what, what was the natural progression? So I so from California, um, you know, I didn't. Ha I was. I had. I kind of had a. I, I didn't really care so much about high cap. I guess I was like, well, I might move me to California again one day, and then I'll be stuck with the two ten round guns or whatever, right? So I was never. I didn't have this huge thing for about high cap. So um, I was in li limited ten for a long time. That was actually my first qual qual qualification was limited ten. Okay. I got the uh, I got my A card in limb ten maybe I don't know under a year of uh, of shooting USPSA I'd say oh. and and then um, it I made it the, uh, my mission left which is probably the wrong mission to shoot all the divisions to A class which I've had so far except for revolver so but that is a goal I plan on getting A card the A card and revolver too whenever I get around I finally got a nine two nine it's all done up. Um, and it's ready to go there. I got the got the rig and all that. I just, eh, it's revolver. I'll wait for a classifier match to, to, to come <laughs> right. Give it Get a shot. It but yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Um, so I think it was limited ten. Then then limited. Uh, I did the production for a little bit. Then I got hurt, and you so you shot saw me shooting open, right? And uh back to limited and then then single stack so did you switch to open so you could have a racker while you were injured correct i shot open wow. because one because you had 32 rounds right and so majority of stages were less than 32 rounds and i couldn't really reload very well because my hand was all jacked i was in a cast so i did you know i did everything strong hand for the most part, so yeah, That's I got. A I got a reason to shoot open. <laughs> that was the only reason to shoot open, honestly, and it was major too. <laughs> oh, was right? it? It was. Yeah, I shot. I shot open major. Um, but yeah, it was mainly because of the reloads. I I wanted the rounds, and I wanted fewer fewer reloads. So yeah, and the racker. You're right. The rack. The racker does make it a lot easier to rack the slide for sure. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, with one hand. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when did you start that. taking it seriously? I'd say probably my first class, right? So, um, uh, man, what year was that now? That was probably, probably 2016, 15, 16 timeframe or so. We, we, so four of, us, four of us drove into Ohio, Zanesville, and uh, we met up with uh, Mr. Steve Anderson. Actually, you take that back, that was my second class. Even before then, so it, that would have probably have been sixteen, probably sixteen, seventeen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen time frame would have been. Um, oh my goodness, I'm I can't think of the name at the moment. CZ guy, uh, automatic accuracy or something like that. Um, oh, um, he would always he would always finish in the top five. Yeah. Uh, Damn it! Yeah. I know who he's, you're talking he's about. From, yeah, he's from he's from down south. Um, yeah, if I googled it, it, his name would pop in my mind. But uh, 
Yeah, he was a top shooter at the time. He's well retired now. I, I guess he still just builds CZs, I would imagine, or he does private training down south. But um, auto is that Matt Minks? That's it, Matt Mink. Yeah. yeah, that's him. Thank you. Sorry. So it was it was him and a, and a, a buddy of mine. You guys might know Jeff Hicks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, used to shoot a lot, uh, also there in Illinois. And then uh, he, he set up the class together, and that's where I, that's probably where I got where I got uh, the real bug and trying to get better. However, <laughs> I've I've eclipsed man. After the injuries, it's it's hard to get. It's really hard. I mean, you gotta throw down some serious time and effort and all that good stuff to to, to break the break that A-class barrier. And and I guess the, the number one thing, you got to stick with one division. <laughs> it's it's yeah, really silly. It it's really silly to jump around divisions. I, I would probably be better better suited if I just stuck with one. But I, I don't know. I get bored easy, I suppose. That's why I jump around too many times. <laughs> I think that's his problem here, this guy. It's very yeah, easy. I, yeah. If you don't stick with that same platform, I mean, a Glock to 1911 or to a Tanfo, Totally different guns. They re they're all recoil differently. They all handle differently. There's, I mean, it does the same thing, right? But I don't know. There's there's certain nuances to it. So we've got the limited ten, limited open production. When did you make that transition to the nineteen eleven, which you are so well known for? <clears throat> So that would have been 2018 and the 20, 2019. So what I was moved, the, um, oh, I'm sorry. What was the, what was the reason? Was it just another division that you wanted to hit a in and then you liked it so much you stayed? <laughs> okay. So I told you that story about my Marine friend, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so I already had 20, some pretty awesome 2011s before, before 2018. That, that's the pretty much the moment that ch changed my attitude or my, uh, my attitude, my uh, the way I see sh shooting um, that year. Uh, pretty much changed everything, really. Uh, uh, but so the guns I I, I got, the nineteen elevens I had before um, were were all custom nineteen elevens. I mean, like you, you've heard of Gans Customs, right? Gans. 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 G A N S. He's actually out yeah. of here, out of PA. Um, um, but one of one of my buddies uh, out of Illinois. He's the, he's the open GM that wins every wit and open. Remember, Rob Kosak. Kosak. Yeah. So most of all the custom guns I own, Rob owned them first, <laughs> and I bought them <laughs> off of him. So, so that Gans I got from him, I still have that gun. It's a forty, and it's uh, probably the the best gun I had. Well, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase how I say that. Uh, when it comes to straight up custom guns, right? You know, built from scratch from a from a gunsmith. That's probably the the, the best gun I ha I have. Um, and then I got one from Venom from from Don. Yeah. Uh, uh, also another custom 1911, also from 40. And then I got Venom? a 40. Yeah. Well, it was I got it before he called them Venoms before he became okay. Venom Customs, but it. It is as good as what you see out there as a venom. So it's it's a pretty rare 1911 because he doesn't really do 1911s anymore. He doesn't. He spends more of his time on 2011s. Um, and then I got a, a Matt Max Michelle, uh, 40, also. So yeah, 
those those were the four days I uh, nineteen eleven that I had. And actually, I think I might have shot my last wit uh, with a nineteen eleven. Oh, with one of those. And um, but I went to I went again when I moved to to PA. I went back to limited. I don't know why. It's just one of those <laughs> things. Uh, maybe because I like my tempo more. I, I guess, or I don't know. It, that's just the, my problem, right? I, I get kind of bored with the division, and I I switch guns and. I shoot that gun for a little while. And I, I, yeah, I but you kind of kind of ended your boredom streak. Uh, you're actually the first person on the podcast that we're interviewing that has a gun named after him. So, really? yeah, first person, huh? Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So going into that story of twenty oh, twenty eight, I lied. You're the second. Second. Okay, good. I don't feel that's special. Yeah, Tim Heron's the first. I forgot he's got the Heron Hawk thing. There you go. He's a good dude. Really good dude. As a matter right. of fact, he's probably another reason why I shot in 1911s. Is watching Tim shoot one, one one match. Either must have been Illinois sectional or Area Five, maybe. Yeah, he just crushes 1911s. He's, yeah. he's such a good shooter. He's an alright dude. He can get short sometimes, but. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was i think it was a nationals right and there was a low port or a high port a high port and someone wrote something on there said something about tim it was so funny it's like oh my god i think i took a picture of it but yeah that's anyways, funny people, yeah that's so you, you obviously um, made a commitment to say in single stack because you had a run of 1911s named after you yeah well okay so how that happened right it's a timing thing it's probably a lot more being the right, you know, you you know that phrase, being the right place at the right time, right? So here in PA in, in Harrisburg, they have a nine-day show called the Great American Outdoor Show. Uh, this year or this coming year in February, it's like the February second to the eleventh or something to that effect, right? I, I probably have those dates wrong, but it's that second full week in, in February, plus the Saturday and Sundays on the ends. So nine days of show. It is an insanely long show, and uh, so I went there. We moved. Here, PA in 18. So it wasn't in the, actually until February 2019 that I went to that show. And um, EA was there. And this was the first year that they were actually showing up their Gersons, their, their entire Gerson line. So they were started off in 1911 in regards for the most part. And uh, they might even have shotguns too, but it was the pistols that, you know, caught my eye. And, you know, everyone knows EA for what? For the Tampos, right? I mean, you know, I told you about the Army story. I was telling that captain that gave me the magazines. Oh yeah, Glock's where yeah, Glock's the best gun, blah blah, because I was the biggest Glock fanboy. And he's looking at me straight in the eye and says, No, dude, it's this thing called the Tenfoglio or Tenfolio or something. That's the that's the juice. This is 2010. And I'm like, Yeah, okay, whatever, dude. I blew him off. <laughs> you know, you you fast forward, you're in what, I guess 20, 2016 or 2017, I thought I got my first tenfold, I think. And uh yeah, that was that was definitely a game changer from 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 a Glock. It was definitely a much better gun to shoot. Boy, was <laughs> I silly. Um. Anyway, so going back to 2019 here at Great America on our door show, uh, you're walking around, you're licking all these guns, and I didn't know that the gentleman I was talking to was the owner of EA, EA uh, Mr. Keith Burncran. He's really really nice guy, and uh, you know, yeah, he still had the tempos out there. And this is obviously pre-COVID. And he had these croissants out there. 
And, um, you know, I, I told him, you know, I met him at NRA show, he's either 2015 or 2016 when they're out in Indy. And I have a great picture of me with a big, they had a, back then it was a big red um, backstop boost kind of thing, you know, the big, big banners. Mm. I got a great picture and I actually had my cast, so it had to be 2015 because I had my cast in my hand. And, um, and I showed it to him and I also showed him my two Tampos. <laughs> right. So yeah, actually two guns. These are great guns. One happened to be uh, the silver limited custom, the stainless looking one. And then one was also EGD, Eric Grafell version. So they were, they were darn good guns, you know, and, um, and he asked me the question, so, uh, do you shoot? Are you pretty good? <laughs> and all I could come up with was, yeah, I, I hold my own. <laughs> you know, he didn't care if you're, if I was a grandmaster, if I, you know, he didn't ask my credentials or as far as what level I was in the USPSA. It's like, and he says, all right, man, maybe, uh, I could send you some of these 1911s and give it a shot and see, see what you think of them. And I'm like. I'd love that, I'd, you know. And for me, that was a pipe dream. It's like, well, this is never going to happen. He's never going to send right. me, you know, guns. But I'll give it a shot. So he gave me his, gives me his business card, right? And I let a couple of days, probably a week or so, go by and email him up. And he uh, said, "Hey, so who's your FFL? Where do I ship these to?" It's like, oh my gosh, this is actually going to happen. <laughs> so he shipped them to me, and I I, I test them out, and. uh you know, obviously being first year, just like first year cars, right? You don't normally, you don't buy the first year car because that first generation is going to have some recall issues or whatever. But, um, there were things that they had to go back and look at. And I did a pretty good solid, I'd call it a PowerPoint, but a lot of pictures, a lot of, a lot of points that they need to look at and reconsider in, in this particular gun. And believe it or not, the, uh, the folks in Turkey, they, they took a look at that and they, they made a lot of adjustments. I was, I was actually surprised. A lot of things they did, um, was, I guess, due to my, uh, my feedback. And, um, they announced later on down the road, you know, we're going to, we're going to fix these guns. And because of your help in doing so, we're going to name this gun after you. And, you know, I was like, my mouth drops like there's no way you're you're gonna do and, and so i actually wrote him back this is like probably late january or sometime um i wrote him back so like uh, how about if you name it after my wife instead and i gave him all these reasons why they should do that right and then actually I, I if you look back in 20 2020 or 2020 it had to be 2020 because it only took a year to turn around to make it to, before the noel to come out but um and in Valentine's Day, I pretty much shared on our Facebook feed the reasons why it should be named after my wife instead of me. So if you look that up, it might still be on there. Um, but they said no, we're gonna call it the Noel. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe maybe later. So yeah, that that was that was a that was a nice, that was a really nice gesture on their on their part to to recognize some of the efforts I did. And um the to see how quickly they turned the stuff around and made that gun better um, is, is pretty impressive. And I actually surprised because what I did was I took the guns they gave me in 2019 and I made them, you know, competition ready. So I did a lot of different things to them, you know, grips being one. Um, uh, I, I just tuned the, the, the utter piss out of it, if, uh, if you will. And, um, some of those things that you see in the Noel is, is a lot of things I did to those guns. So like I actually slip shipped the slide out to Dawson Precision and I said, hey, make a front sight for me for this gun. 
so that will fit this gun. And so they did. And uh, uh, it, it was a front, it was a fiber, it was a fiber optic front sight, right? And so uh, all the Noels all have fiber optic front sights as well, kind of thing, right? And um, so when I did get the Noel, I did the same review. I, I told him, hey, these are a couple things you, you could consider. Uh, and one thing I, I told him was <clears throat> on the on the barrel bushing, right? If you imagine this, the barrel bushing, when it's in the gun store, which way is the barrel facing? The customer. Right? So what if you wrote an inscribed croissant on the bush, bushing of the barrel? So that way it's, it's kind of black and white. You know exactly what kind of gun or what, who, what brand of gun that is, right? Because like, there's, I mean, that's wasted advertising space, if you ask me. Right. So if if you if do you have any 1911s in your shop right now, Jackie? Yeah, tons. Do you? Okay, great. So if you look, do you, did you ever notice that actually said Gerson on the bushing? I'm not over on that side of the counter. <laughs> right. I can't. So, I, I can't say that I have. So take but now I'm going to look. <laughs> and check check out the 1911 to see if they do. And they did. That that's uh, that's. That's feedback they use. So it's I was blown away when they did that. I was like, holy, this is awesome. You know, so anyway. Yeah, you're yeah. Uh, um the Noel the Noel gun is the uh first nineteen eleven I actually considered buying. Uh not just because I know the guy it's named after, but it had the right stuff on it. It had good sights, had a magwell, it had shielded safeties, it it was you know one of the few turnkey guns that was out there where you technically didn't have to do anything to it. Yeah. You could. I agree. But yeah. yeah, you could, you don't necessarily need to. Um, for competition purposes, you do have to, to fit the box, you do have to uh, cut down the, the safeties. Right. Um, but they made it, so it's right now they're over length. So if you're a lefty, you would keep the left one or the right side, I guess, longer than the the left side, right? And righty, obviously the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, but they also started including um, regular safeties too, the non-shielded ones when they, when they ship them. So that was kind of interesting to see. They still make it? Yeah, they're... Uh, the Noel? Yeah. As far as I know, they do. I don't, Honestly, yeah. I it, it kind of depends. Like if you see them with the 20, if you see any serial numbers, so you see how you notice how the serial numbers work out, right? There's these first four digits and the next digits either for this year would be a 23, right? So whatever right. your number that is, that's what year that gun came out. So I've seen 23s out there out in the wild. So I'm guessing they're still, you know, until I see a 24, I'm going to guess that they still make them. Okay. Yeah. yeah I liked it. Your feedback was good on it. That's for sure. I sold quite a few yeah. of them at the shop I was at. Oh, really? So. It's good. Good, yeah. good to hear. Yeah, I, um, it, it's a good gun. I like the gun. Matter of fact, the uh, the twenty three elevens I'm shooting now actually have the Noel slide on it. I, I would so like let's to talk about the Noel one day. Okay. We actually haven't talked about. You're actually part of Team EAA, and is it and Grisson, or you just shoot a Grisson? <laughs> um. I would say it's Team EA, but and we shoot croissants. That's probably yeah. pretty accurate. Okay. I mean, I would say we would. I mean, if we if they ever got us international, we go Ipsic or whatever one day, and we shoot, we shoot probably under croissants. I don't know. That's a good question. 
Yeah, I always thought it was just yeah. you did EAA because on our side of the pond, you're the importer. It's the only way to get mm -hmm. the guns. So yeah, when it comes down to it, I'm 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 obviously sponsored by EAA. So okay, so then we can talk about what everyone's talking about, which is their 2311 or their 2011 style pistol that is released now. You've already been playing with it for a while. Correct. So tell us some more about it. Okay, so um, unfortunately, I don't have a a Turkish production version in my hands. I'm I'm actually using a a uh, what I would call a still a beta um, competition version, right? So the Turkish ones, the difference between that then is the Turkish ones are actually aluminum frames, right? So they're still Palmer grips, aluminum frame, uh, stainless. I would imagine slide or steel slide. While the competition ones I'm shooting. And actually, uh, Rob Epifani, if you know him, he, he got a set too. Uh, they're actually steel frames, right? So uh, I don't know if you if you notice how EA issues or bringing stuff to the market yet. They they'll have a basic line, which is what I would call the current twenty three elevens, right? And then from there they'll stem off, and you'll and they'll have more features on the on the follow on models, right? Just like the uh, the uh, the high power clone that they just issued out a couple of years ago and now you have super duper awesome lightweight versions that are carry models etc so at some point in time you'll see the, the version i had uh uh with a steel frame but one that gets issued I, I couldn't tell you um so i unfortunately i can't really talk much about what's out there in the market today because i don't have one in my hand i would imagine it's probably just as good as lunching now just a little bit lighter uh, i like to get my hands on one um but i just don't have one at the moment so i can't really talk in definitive terms about that particular model that's out in the market i could tell no, you all, any question you have about someone, the competition yeah someone that shoots a lot of them and you're going to do what most competitors would do with them anyway so you can talk about talk about it in that aspect okay yeah so i mean generically speaking we all know 2011s are pretty modular right i mean the thing you got to be aware of really is that okay if you're going to swap that polymer grip <laughs> which ones which ones which which company is compatible with it right? right so um i uh without without having an actual turkish version on me i couldn't really tell you uh, i do know the com the ones that i have the mpa frames or i'm sorry the grip it works perfectly with it right uh, and i'm uh, i'm happy to, to to say that i use that particular grip on 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 my custom or my competition 2311s at the, at this point in time um but you're gonna you you because the i mean from my point of view the price point on the 2311 is so low right because i think you could probably find them now in the wild for what under 900 i've seen like, someone go for like 850 yeah, so it's under nine hundred, right? And broker then maybe a little more than that for shipping and fees and whatnot, right? Um, but that's that's still a cheap twenty three. I mean, a well priced twenty three eleven when it comes down to it. So if you uh, if you budget out your build correctly, you know you're going to consider right. What do I need to do? Now I'd tell you straight up, the, the Turkish barrels are freaking amazing. These guns are. Are stupid accurate they're um figure songs are, are are crazy accurate in, in my opinion for composition purposes um 
but you know the, the common thing i would say is that uh because it's a polymer grip swap the grip out you know go to luma at the very very bare minimum and then you know easy way of getting weight into your your grip is adding a brass magwell or steel magwell mm-hmm. and then you got the tungsten uh you know you could do a tungsten guide rod from egw as an option as well and then your ignition could be whatever like my ignition usually uh well i've, I've used all sorts like i've used egw and i've also gone to uh extreme was it extreme something extreme trying mm, to blank anyway it's, it's, <laughs> Uh, I just, I know it by the labeling or the, the packaging. I can't think of the full, full brand name. It's extreme something. Um, yeah. So that, you know, you go there and then the trigger for me, it's pretty simple. It's a, it's going to be, um, uh, an STI, uh, gunsmith trigger in polymer. It's a polymer trigger rather than a, than a steel, steel trigger. I just, I like the really? feel of that one better and the, the distance on it. Yeah. It's a little longer than the normal triggers. Um, and what else? Uh, yeah, the modularity of, of the 20, 2011 system, even the 1911 really is, is you just get the parts that you think work best for you. Really? You, you know what I mean? I mean, like you could, you could have the same brand hammer and sear and everything else. And, uh, you, and it's the trigger feel still going to be different, right? I mean, it's hard, super hard with a nice eleven get exact same feel, even if you're using the same exact parts. It's it just is, and maybe you can get lucky, you get perfect. Like I, I try, I really do. I I I get the um the trigger pull uh, gauge or whatever you want to call it out, and I see what the the poundage is, and I try to get you know bending the sear, sear springs a certain way. I try to get them all around two and a half pounds. Uh, roughly, and so that's that's my ballpark. It's where I like to be at. Okay. For these guns. So yeah, modularium. So on them is 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 fairly, fairly fairly you know, cut and dry with the with these particular guns. And I, I like the the idea that you could change things out if you don't like one particular, you know, ignition kit brand over another. Yeah. And you can so, just leave it stock too. Stock fine. It works just as great. Yeah. Oh, we we shot a couple different twenty three elevens at the one of the shows this year, and it was a ton of fun. And it was accurate. I even shot the little uh, little baby one, the three inch barrel one. That was the one that I shot. Oh, I shot like really well with that one. No. The officer, yeah, the officer is crazy accurate. Like I have the ultimate officer. That's officer, right? Yeah, commander off. Yeah, officer. And I was like, for a really tiny barrel, I was like, wow, this thing hits at 15, 15 yards. It was, you know, tight groups at 15. With the dot I've never down. held a 2011 with a three-inch barrel. So. They're coming out, I think. Well, that's, that's say, what we shot. I know they're coming out. Okay. Yeah. I want to say those are already, actually. Or they're shipping. I know five five inches shipped last time you and I talked. Those, those are already in country. So you should this the five inches should be five inches should be out in the wild already at this point in time. So is there anything else cool that EAA has come out with or has brought to the market for here? It, well, you mean in general? In general. 
like yeah i i would say the hottest thing they got a matter of fact they just got some type of reward i think from nra um they're uh again they're high powered clone lightweight um pi that thing's got to be the best gun out there in my opinion like that just the idea about that that gun that and the and the, the one i was showing you this tip up barrel we just i just picked up today from from my ffl i, I between this gun this it's called a lady it's ported it's pretty awesome it's got the, the walnut grips and it's gold accented gorgeous gun so this is the mc 14t yes sir lady it's the lady version it even had a little special bag that's embroidered says lady on it on one side and mm. ea on the other pretty sweet and the, the lady logo on the bag is the same on the grip oh that's cool so they, they, they took the time to engrave it on the grip too so yeah and the, the gold embellishments it's on the trigger it's on the safety it's on the hammer it's on the the link that allows the barrel to pop up and on the uh the release and the screws are all gold and even the uh what do you call this thing the lanyard the little lanyard hook oh, lanyard, lanyard hook thingy yeah yeah so the, that, that thing's gold also so yeah the gold accents i i don't know just having gold on any gun is pretty freaking cool man <laughs> outside of like aesthetically yeah. the gold accents the porting how many popples are there on that thing <laughs> <laughs> two, two on uh, each side, so four total. Two on each side. But, so we actually shot that gun at the show, and that gun shoots very nice. Yeah, is it loud? I would imagine it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty loud, loud, right? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. pretty loud. I imagine so, but it's it's so cool. And I so I saw this for the second time at Great American, and uh, no, I take that back. At NRA first time was Great American, and NRA and. Uh, yeah, we had a ton of people checking it out at that piece. Not not this version, the very first version, um, the one without the ports, the the, the, the non-lady version. So, or it wasn't called lady. Anyhow, well, they got two new guns coming out uh, that I'm interested to try, and they're clones again. Seems to kind of be Grissan's market is cloning guns that people love. Yeah. So they have the That's new uh, MC14 BDA coming out, which is based off the Browning 380. And then the MC14 G84, which is like a Beretta Cheetah. I see that too. Yeah, those are new. They have they have the newer line, the untouchable line now, um, which seems to be really cool. And uh, they got the Liberator line, 1911 in regard. And then they have this Disruptor thing, which is kind of cool. It's camouflaged. I like it. Yeah, that, that 14 BDA and the, um, the G84, those are actually new to me. I haven't, I, until you mentioned it and I just popped up the webpage, I knew nothing about them. I remember talking about the G84 last year. I think that was the one that uh, Keith was talking about at Great American. Um, and actually, take that back. You know what? We, we actually had that gun at Great American, but they, it wasn't supposed to be in the booth. <laughs> it was a, it, it was a, I don't know what you call it, a tester or whatever, but it was there anyways. And I was like, man, what is this gun? This is pretty awesome. And uh, that's, that has to be the G84. Because it kind of reminded me, you called it a cheetah? Yeah. To me, to me, it actually reminded me more so of a uh, of a miniaturized Sig two two six. That's what that's oh, no, what that's, came that's to my mind. 
that's definitely what came to my mind instead though when i when when they when it was on our short show floor but yeah i see what you mean because the, the slide cut out well what are your goals for 24 for competing or like what what matches do you want to go to do you have goals to complete for it yeah so i'm going to shoot probably mainly locals this this year i did eight or nine majors last year kind of i uh did this toll on me um so yeah. i'm going to try to stay more local or, or one day matches where i just drive out and come back the same exact day which we have quite a few here in this general area we have uh, probably five or five i could probably do that way or it's a I one day i want to try that one bigger match you guys got out there what is it called the uh east is it the east coast uh or oh Area eight is probably the biggest one you're talking about, but you could shoot that in one day too. They got they got area eight's been well. I take that back. Area eight this year is not going to be at Antelani. So Antelani is uh, any match Antelani is going to be awesome because they got the, they got the structure for it. They got the bays and all that squared away. But area eight this upcoming year, um, that would be a very interesting one to go to based on the props that they're going to have. Uh, you guys talked about like I think last podcast about area three, not shooting area three, but they had a lot of weird stuff going on at area three. Yeah. So area oh, eight won't be, yeah, it won't be gimmicky like that with cars and tires and roofs and stuff like that, but it's going to have props that are just insane. Like you're talking, you know, uh, a roller coaster that comes, the tart comes down it comes back up and another one comes down, comes back up and, and swinging, cool. swinging targets that actually move to on a, on a rail. Yeah. Cause that uh, Western PA. I had something like that. No, that was Wisconsin. Yeah. That was a cool match, the one with in Wisconsin. So, so Bill Drummond is the one who runs that that uh, that range in uh, um, this uh, Pittsburgh Greater Pittsburgh Gun Club. I think that's what it's called. And uh, uh, he he sponsored Western PA for the last two years, so he's getting area this year, is my understanding. And the expectation is more of that, that kind of stuff. So it's definitely going to be a, a solid level three match with those harder type engagements because i'll tell you western pa last year was no joke that was some very difficult that was not as that was western pa was in my opinion was not at a uh, level two matches definitely level three it was pretty challenging yeah and it's a lot lot to do with the movers and the movers are professionally made i mean they're steel right they're not just like wooden things cobbled together it will only last that one match the stuff is gonna last well, obviously steel because it's in pittsburgh right why, why do it out of wood but um <laughs> It's, it, it. I I foresee area going to be one of those matches people will want to go to because it. I mean, it's Bill Drummond. He knows how to run matches. He's a smart cat. Mm -hmm. it, it'll be awesome. Definitely be awesome. Um. So yeah, I'm looking forward to. I will definitely shoot that one. Uh, but again, that's contingent of of it of of it being able to do it in one day. Otherwise, I'll have to take my wife with me, and then we're good. Okay. Yeah. So I don't we'll think I'll do nationals. What's that? I don't think I'll do nationals next year. I don't. I, I'm not so sure. Again, unless because it's in Alabama for for Lim Ops and for yes, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Alabama. So unless I could drag drag the, my significant other with me, I'd probably skip that one also. Um. Anyway, yeah. So training. Training. Uh. As you all know, it's cold outside. I I'm a, I prefer to shoot, you know, live bullets, 
I rather I, I like the sensation of things going boom in my hand and explosion in front of my face kind of kind of thing. Um, so dry fire right now, my my basement's a mess. So my range isn't the way it's is not a range. My 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 basement dry fire dojo, yeah, it's kind of it's cluttered down there right now. So until I get that stuff cleaned up, I'm not I'm really uh, doing it with a three or four targets I have in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, getting the gun out every now and then, and uh, you know, applying the basics to, to stay fresh because it's amazing. It's quick, especially with a dot now. So with a dot, like with irons, you don't really see how much your gun's actually moving when you're pressing the trigger because it's it's hard to tell, right? I mean, you do, but you don't, right? Especially if you're going at speed. But if you're doing it with a dot, oh, you totally tell how jacked up or how much time <laughs> it's been since you practiced last because now your dot is all over the freaking place, right? Like you're, right. you could tell when you push off a target, you're, you went or you didn't slow down in time as you're swinging that gun from left to right or right to left or up to down or whatever, and you totally bypass it, right? And that indexing time uh, or that skill you lose pretty quickly if you're not drivering a lot. So yeah, I, I totally see that with a dot more so than with that one. Um, yeah, but definitely today, I you know I you kind of saw it, the writing on the wall, right? I mean, going back to well, we you didn't hit that topic yet, but um, uh, the the future of of USPSA it seems to be trending towards dots. Obviously, right? Carry out pretty much kill production. Now the question is, since production will be fifteen rounds, will production come back? Uh, it's probably be a hard no, but right. um, you could see you could totally see you know limited going away uh, because of limited optics. So it's it's interesting. The sport's interesting, and and and. and in my take on it all, shoot, throw down some more divisions. Bring it. Like what? Like bring in the laser division. I want to see that. Let's bring some laser guns out there, right? Let's do it. Why not? Right? Where do have a division that allows lasers? Though? No, I mean real laser beams. You know, like pulse oh. rifles and stuff, from like aliens, right? Yeah. Why? Why stop with bullets? Let's just keep it going, right? I, you know. So, um. Have you guys listened to or read the book, uh, the autobiography of Elon Musk, the one that just came out by Isaac Williamson yeah, no. or something like that? Yeah, it's the dude's freaking crazy. The dude, it's wild. That guy is on another level, the way the way he thinks and all that. So it, it's kind of reminiscent this whole division discussion, right? Too many divisions, USPSA. Um, like, is there really too many? Like, let's just. Think about other sports in general. Other, I don't know if you want to call it extreme sports, but other sports aside from your typical basketball, football, or whatever, right? I mean, even golf, for instance, golf has more than just golf, right? You have miniature golf, you have driving ranges for golf, you have disc golf, right? And uh, and then, like, think motorcycles. Like, I don't know if you're not you're not a big motorcycle guy, but you're a car guy, so you like you know. And, and with cars in general and motorcycles, for that matter, you have different versions of racing. You don't just have F1 or NASCAR. You have off-road stuff, too. Right? And motorcycles the same way. You got guys that like to ride cruisers, bags, right? Uh, touring bikes, sport bikes. Uh, I, I happen to be an adventure, adventure kind of um, bike guy. And, uh, you know, why limit ourselves with, with USPSA with just sticking with nine divisions, Right. So. Well, because you're talking about the the like 
our racing, yeah, there's different types, but we have different types of shooting. Right, like I see play shooting, F1 you can do as a category, just like USPSA is its own category, not yeah. IPA, not three gun, not you know, biathlons. Like those are each their own, you know, F1 street racing, yeah. drag racing. Yeah, like I can't take my rally thing. car to F1 because F1 has rules that you have to follow, hence the name Formula One. And you Agreed. have to follow those rules to be able to build a car to be able to race a car in that race series. For sure, I I I think you stretch the limits of things. I, I think that's the right answer. You stretch the limits of things till you break it. It hasn't broken yet. Let let the let the association break, then they can figure it out and put it back together. Lost with the right carnage. Stuff. Yeah, the, the, the organization is actually <laughs> yeah. very close to breaking, and it's got nothing to do with divisions. Right. I don't know about. I I I don't exactly agree with that. It is, but it's not because. You don't live in an uh, area where a state had already started to do it, so. Like, was are you talking Wisconsin? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I keep track of that. I'm not dumb in that regard, but um, that's where that's where that's why I think competition is a good thing. Like, I, I'm not against PCSL. No, no, no. I yeah. have nothing wrong with shooting other ones, but you going back to saying let's break things. I'm all for breaking things, but I think if you have more people, and this is why production, when I first started, was way better than production is now. And I've mm -hmm. said this story on the podcast a few times. I had to grind down the back, the, the back of my magwell to fit for limited 10 in mm -hmm. uh, IDPA, or for whatever it was, ESP, when I first started. And then when I went to USPSA, I had to take the magwell off. And then I met my buddy who he wanted the most accurate CZ he could get. So he found out that they made an AccuShadow in Australia with a barrel that was like 0.25 inches longer and stuck out the end. Well, back then you could only use factory parts. So as long as a factory produced part, which this was in Australia, he could use it on his production gun. To me, that drives creativity and sticking within the rules. And now you're talking about bending the rules ever so slightly, not breaking them. That's what drives innovation. That's what would force the actual manufacturers to innovate stuff as opposed to let just the aftermarket do it. I agree with that. Yeah. But now it's a free-for-all. So. It uh, well, I don't know. It, it because you have open division. That's my get out of jail free card. I'll just go ahead and say that. Like open division, you can do whatever you freaking want in the division, right? I mean, sure, you're not going to be competitive if you try to show up with something really silly, but it's open. That's why it's called open. Just show up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I th there's. Uh, it's so funny. We could do a full podcast on on the drama of USPSA, huh? but yeah. at the at the end of the day, it's it's not going anywhere, right? Let's all let's all agree. It, it, the thing though is, is um, in a lot of ways, the sport from inception has been an elitist sport, right? It, it had a bar of cost to get into it. Like it's not for everybody. That's why your numbers are less than thirty thousand or forty thousand, right? And we don't have a lot of members, right? Um, 
Because if it was something that was as welcoming as we think it is, we would have a lot more. More. I mean, you just do the percentage. How many gun owners do you have in the U.S. versus how many people shoot USPSA? Yeah, but I would argue that it's not so much that it's not welcoming. It's very welcoming. The problem is it's not put out there enough and advertised enough. You, how many people can you meet today that has still never heard of it? Well, but how many people can you talk to and go, hey, have you heard of the X Games? Somebody that's never rode a skateboard in their life knows about X Games. Okay, fair enough. I mean, so, um, you, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're friends of um, Rob Epifania, right? We all know. Yeah, he's an okay him, so. <laughs> wow. Okay. No, he's he's he's, uh, he's a good dude. So he's doing um classes now. Like his, he's doing another eight week accelerator starting on January 29th. And uh his first one went off pretty well. And so one thing that we we're looking at um that could set the trend, just like we we're talking about, like you, you know, you don't have to do USPSA to become better with guns, but it's a good opportunity for you to get better with a gun. So if you have a brand new gun and you're a first time gun owner, what's one way of getting into it or understanding, okay, what can I do to get better with this particular firearm? Well, shoot, how about if I threw a card there with a QR code that had Rob's face on there and say, hey, we'll give you two, whatever number of classes um, to check out what you could do or how you could become better with your firearm. So uh, I don't know. There, I, there's a lot of different ways gun manufacturers can market these things with people that 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 sponsor them or they're spon they're sponsoring, I should say. Uh, and, and unfortunately, that connection isn't there. Maybe it's uh, maybe that's a the right. I don't know. Slow to because what what do you expect? Like you buy a Canik, like Tampolio did a great job with it with Eric Grafell, right? I mean, I think he's a he's particularly a household name because he had his own he had his own gun line and then. There was a piece of paper. I mean, I bought the damn Eric Rafael gun because there was a piece of paper with a signature on it <laughs> that came with the dang gun. Right? I wish my Travis Thomas was the same way, but it didn't have that. And I wish my Jerry Mikulik was the same way. It didn't have it either. But Eric's did, so that's why I bought the damn gun, right? Um, so it, it because it, it, it piques your interest. These guys have done things, right? You watch, you watch, again, Travis Thomas. Tomasi's video and it's like that reload is is awesome and so right. there's there's reasons to be to be in that mindset say hey i could get better right i i could do more than think that this gun will be fine in my little shelf from the nightstand and um they'll protect me blase blase yeah, i'm not so sure about that but if you get better with the basics and that options so i like to but i like to see a canic box with a nils thing in there maybe and this is how you know, you watch some Nils videos, you got links to Nils videos or whatever. So, um, I know Rob's I doing it and he's actually a really good example because you can probably agree with it. I've had more people buy a Canic from me and know who Nils is than really? any other company that That's... I've sold one for. No kidding. I, I tell people about it and they're like, Oh, I've never heard of this. I'm like, well, So they don't know who Nils is. They know Canic has won national titles yes okay fair enough and prior to that no one could tell you the last time i heard something like that was when savigny was doing his terror winning uspsa nationals with the lock. With glock. right mm -hmm. yep. so yep it's there people it's no different it's the same old mentality 
with NASCAR. Race on Sunday, sell on Monday. And I think if more people did that in the gun world, it would just garner more attention to that's a sport that's accessible, mostly in our country. Worldwide, it is a very elite sport. America is the the lone one in that one where it's because guns are literally part of our culture. It's more accessible. I mean, look at Ipsa Korea, for example. You can't have you can't have guns in Korea. Uh, people who live in Korea that shoot under Ipsic Korea travel out of the country to grab their gun out of storage and shoot and then go back into the country to go home. Right. Good point. That's that's a darn good point. Yeah, you're right. It, so it is very elitist from the Ipsic perspective. But I, I right. again, I, I wouldn't exactly retract what I said previously. Like when you know that barrier that that 40,000 barrier 40,000 people in the club or in the association it's like why is it it still baffles my mind why is it such a small number in the grand scheme of things for the united states even in my IDPA, opinion, i think the nssf does more for reaching the average person about shooting sports than uspsa does i would agree with that yeah uspsa's marketing is horrid I mean, you can actually call it zero. Like I can tell you about like a knife or a chapstick or a shoe. That's so it's not known. It's something I found and I love it so much, but I can't believe no one else has heard of it. Cause it's so amazing. Why? Cause they're, they're not advertising. They're just, yeah, they had, they have something great. Yes. But why are you keeping it so quiet? Or why are you doubling membership fees instead? Right. When you could just double your member numbers. Well, so and that's the that's the other flip side, right? That's the double-edged sword of it. You you start adding more of these people to the sport, the sport then becomes less accessible because matches are harder to get into because we don't have an infinite number of ranges. Right, but you you build them. Well, you have enough demand, things happen, right? Well, you build them Yeah, but or, USPSA is not building them, you know, clubs that's and organizations. Exactly. <laughs> yes, but you do that, I guarantee you would see match rates go up before you see more ranges pop up. Okay. Then it would become a very elitist sport because now you're like, oh, $20 a match? No, 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 no. $150 for a local because the wait list is who knows how long. That's a good point. Supply and demand. Is there is there a cap? Do you think there's a cap? Like, how much does it cost right now for a match in your neck of the woods? It used to be 15 when I was there. What is it now? 25 for locals, usually. Yeah, 25 to 30 is about where okay. we're at. Yeah, same here. It's 25. Yeah. So your, your home club is 20. However, our match directors, if you're a match director um, here in our neck of the woods, it's free. So, because you're yeah, that's volunteering so much your time. Is it? Okay. Yeah. That's smart. Good, good. Yeah, man. I, I wish one of these days. There's local that has ladies shoot for free. What? Yeah. Well, ladies That's and juniors cool. shoot free. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It didn't take an hour 20 to get there. I go every month. <laughs> hour and 12. Yeah, no, that's that's about the typical key meet, I'd say, for me, on average, is an hour 20. Oh, terrible. Good Lord. That's not My too favorite bad. match is the one that's 18 minutes door to door. 
Which one's that? Oak Park Sportsman's Club in Plainfield. Oak Park, okay. Gotcha. Actually, when I lived there, I never shot that match. I never. I would. I did all the other local ones for me. Chillicothe. Uh, oh boy, uh, was there a Springfield? Yeah, Springfield. Yeah, but you lived a lot further southwest than we did. Mm-hmm. Definitely, or straight yeah. south. Yeah. And uh, every now and then, there was one at Paso. I would shoot, drive mm-hmm. all the way down to Paso. That's right. And then we had a Wednesday match, or no, I'm sorry, Tuesday night match at uh, at CISS. So that's always a good fun one to go to. And during during the winter, they'll do either a three stage or a two stage match. Three stage, three stage. All right. Last question for you. Okay. If you could only keep two handguns, what would they be? Only two. Only two. Oh, this is easy. <laughs> you get it so easy. It's just two, huh? Yeah, just it'd two. definitely be the the twenty three eleven I'm shooting, and then one of my oh, probably the forty five Noel. Yeah. Okay. A 40, 45 Noel, and obviously a nine mil uh, twenty three eleven. And it would it be the twenty three eleven you have currently, or would it be an an easier carry option one? Oh no, I'd be accomplished one. Straight up, the, the, the <laughs> black one. This this guy right here, I was showing you. This exact one. This <laughs> with a dot. You know how easy it's to shoot. Now it's just a matter of uh, getting the position smartly. What dot like, do you, you have on to, that? You don't have to think when it comes to having a dot on the gun anymore. Uh, it's a Hollis on um, five hundred seven comp. The green. I only use. I only use the green. The greens. Nice. Because my fibers that are green. Um, that's a good question. It's got a cross plate. That's what it was. It's a CHPS plate. So it got milled for the CHPWS or C, well, however you say that acronym. Um, yeah, the cross plate version. So I don't know. Can you see that? Oh, okay. So it's a little slide out plate from the back with like a roll pin. Um, no, no, it's, uh, so it's milled and there's a cross on it, right? And on the uh-huh. on the inner part of the plate itself, there's a the female end of the cross, and it just mounts oh, in. Oh, this is a, the CNH Precision. Is that what that that's acronym what is? CHPW. Uh, that might, CH. That's it. CHPW. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that system. Okay. Seems to work fine. Nice. Yep, all, all all of them are that way, and uh, I took the front side off because that's kind of annoying to see another fiber there. <laughs> and it, so I just chucked that, and it's all dot only. Yeah, I'm like I have yet to break one, the dots, anyways. So it, it seems to be solid. Works pretty dang good. Um, I nice. even have the on my carry guns. I use a uh, a EPS, a Holson EPS. I'm all sold out. I sold sold on. I sold out, but I'm all sold on these Hollisons now. I was kind of skeptical at first, but then my first EPS, I dropped it right on the dot <laughs> during a match one time. Um, as it was after, it was after range is clear, so I was good. And uh, <laughs> it uh, landed right on the dot. And this is in stage one. I'm like, uh oh, I wonder if I lost my zero. I was shot the rest of the stage. I was fine. It was all good. Had had a little scratch on the top of it and what whatever, but it's 
Pretty battle solid. scars. Solid yeah, <laughs> adds character. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a twenty three eleven, and definitely a, a nineteen eleven Noel, the forty five. Nice. Those, would, those would be my two guns. And if somebody was wanting to find you on social, how would they do that? Uh, Instagram noel.zarza. Okay. So noel spelled like noel dot uh, z a r z z a. Yeah. Correct. It's also on the screen, sir. It is. <laughs> noel dot zarza. Yep. That's correct. So that was a really good interview. Yeah, I liked it. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on, man. For that sure. Was a ton of fun. It took, took long enough to get together. <laughs> but we made it happen. So Fantastic. I appreciate thank you, you guys having me on. For, yeah, dude, it was awesome. It's we'll do it again after uh maybe we'll do it after the Great American Outdoor Show. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I hope you guys could try to make it out at least i mean you have a place to stay if you do so one of us might be able to i don't know if jackie will go because that's right. right after a shot show so i'm back to work you got you got a week got a week break or so <laughs> i'm shot so one of us might make it out there i'm certainly not going out there for nine days <laughs> yeah that's, you can keep him as long, long as you'd like if you're housing him and feeding Ouch. him you can keep him as long as you'd like oh, okay all right Fair enough. <laughs> For sure. No, you'll enjoy it. It, it actually, I don't know if that's during the Super Bowl either. It has been for the last couple of years. I have to go back and take a look at the Super Bowl. This. Huh. We'll have something to do afterwards. But <laughs> you guys are, you guys are Bears fan. Oh, wait, you're not going to be in the Super Bowl. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not that we would have ever expected that out of our fingers. <laughs> so, another topic for another day. Yeah, no, no kidding. Cool. Well, all right, guys. Thanks for joining us, dude. You know the drill. If you need to reach out to us at Laugh Note, all the social medias, Pewtie Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, well, we'll talk to you after we get back from Shop Show. So talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.